Welcome to Amiga Ireland. It's episode three of this season. I'm Irla. I'm Rob. And I'm Luke. In today's episode, Denny Atkins' book, Best Amiga Tips and Secrets. We're going to look at some of the game's news, including a quick look at Bridge Strike. Very nice looking game in the works. And a little bit of hardware as well. Polish Amiga Turbo Board Warp 1260. How's everyone been doing? It's been a month. Not too bad, thank you very much. Um, I've received a retro keyboard from my friend recently. I've yet to test it, to be honest, you two again. Guess what? Lack of time. It's a proper, like, uh, 80s uh, retro keyboard, so I'm very curious about, you know, like, uh, the synth sounds and all that stuff, because I know that some of them can sound very, very unique. Yeah, we'll see. Cool. Yeah, maybe you can uh, even provide some samples to the uh, <laughs> the uh, modding community. Oh, okay, know? we'll see. We'll see. Good stuff. How are you, Rob? Been a busy month. I've just yeah been flat out with a lot of stuff now. Top of the list, though, is uh, when I was home, I rescued my first computer out of my parents' attic, and now I have it up and running. It's an old Atari 800XL, and so I've uh, already modded it for S-Video out, and nice, nice to see it going again. Very nice. The Checkmate 1500 case project, you know, finalizing the boards and cables for that. Bunch of repairs and Carl Jekyll, if he's listening, that's his 4000 is completed and fixed and ready to go again. Uh, so, yeah, been a, been a busy few weeks. Yeah, indeed. And uh, Luke, that was just a bit of a sick joke, really, about you providing samples. I know you're as busy as the rest of us. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're fine, don't worry about it. I don't know how, Rob, I don't know how you get the time to work on the checkmate boards. <laughs> me too, me too, really. Yeah, yeah, I sure yeah. sacrifice things like exercise and food and <laughs> sleep. <you> drinking, <laughs> drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I've been reading Denny Atkins' book, Best Amiga Tips and Secrets, and it's absolutely incredible. I'm really enjoying that. I'll talk a bit more about that in a while. Also, humble beginnings is a theme that I'd, I'd like to look at during this podcast and between now and the next time. So we've been asking online about people's beginnings and the basically the oldest files that they can find that they created themselves on their Amigas. Uh, it could be, you know, a mod that you made or it could be your first drawing of, you know, a stick man uh, or woman in <laughs> deluxe paint. Absolutely anything, a startup script, maybe a save game uh, or even just an essay. You know, I remember I used to type up essays because I wasn't that really that technically good on the Amiga. So if you can find any of that stuff that you still have available and you have the backstory too, it would be lovely if you could send them in to info at amigausers.ie. We've already got a couple of uh, really nice ones, including an icon that Rob made back <laughs> in the 80s or 90s. Um, we've also yeah. have, we also have an old deluxe paint, somebody's first mod uh, attempt, more some software as well. So it, it can be absolutely anything really. Uh, the point is really that it's a humble, a humble beginning. So um, yeah, please get in touch with that. It would be really interesting to hear your stories. Let's move on to the news. K&A magazine, Commodo and Amiga Plus, issue 12 has been released. And this time, the history of Psygnosis, interviews with Paolo Besser, Antonio Savona, and there's lots more happening there. So you can go to ka-plus.pl to uh, check that out. Quite big news that's been across all the Amiga forums, but Stephen Soli, who is the uh, team lead for development for Hyperion and on the OS4 dev team, has been fired, or fired as he said it, from the team. So uh, it's all very weird and it's all very strange anyway, but uh, he's been putting a few posts on the on the forums about it and there's a lot, a lot of discussion around it, but uh, basically it looks like 
he was let go because, and air quote, he was untrustworthy. If you've ever seen him on, on his talks, you know, because af after uh, the two brothers kind of disappeared out of the public eye because, you know, they were getting a lot of hassle and basically do their thing in private and not, not worry about the Amiga community as it is. Stephen was basically the, the face and the front man of... Uh, of Hyperion and OS4 and he went to all the shows in the US and he did uh, the Ami World things and did all the presentations and stuff like that and he was he was very good open guys friendly took everything in a in a good way and it's a strange move because they really don't have a anyone in you know to take over that role it's unfortunate and uh, you know because he was behind all the the regular updates that we were getting for OS4 I know they they stopped since because there was a there was a change in policy but yeah he was he was behind coordinating all that and getting all these updates out and and really had a nice setup going on so it's a, it's a shame to see it's kind of probably not as surprising as it should be because of all the the shenanigans that are going on at the moment but oh well but best of luck Stephen, and i hope you don't uh i hope you don't abandon the community altogether that we'll uh find some more of your work uh independent as it might be all the turmoil going on around Hyperion, uh, that doesn't surprise me, to be honest. Mm. Well, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. We'll see how it goes, that's the thing. Right, another piece of interesting software, Amiga Test Kit. The program um, used to be called SysTest. Basically, what it does is just testing your, your, your hardware, your memory expansion, for example, for example, your floppy drive, your keyboard. Pretty useful tool, I must say. It is. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. SysTest, I've used so much because you can, you can download it as an executable mm -hmm. or also as a, as a floppy disk image, mm -hmm. but it's the program's so small that it's literally just a track loader. So the, it isn't a DOS disk. It's just literally reads one track and then it's loaded. And uh, I've, I've used it so much that I've worn out the first track on a disc. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> that, you know, confirms that. It's, it's fantastic. Useful tool. It is. It really, really is. And Good. It, you can test all the ports. You can test. Yeah, you can do. It's just so useful. Between that and Diagram, the two absolutely indispensable tools Brilliant. for uh, troubleshooting. Now, next is the, as Luke was saying at the, at the start of the show, we've got the first picture of a fully built prototype of this 68060 accelerator. Now, this is the Warp 1260 by Luke's friends. Who's behind it now? Remind me. Um, there's a guy called, um, Cesar, actually from CS Lab. It's a Polish mm -hmm. company. CS Lab, that's it. Yeah. CS Lab. And they've been, they've been working. They've been like focusing on accelerators, but really like, um, High tech mm -hmm. ones. Uh, they started with a, you know, like an accelerator board for Amiga 500. So they've had warp, uh, 560. And it's, uh, mm -hmm. it's a similar concept, you know, like a 060 FPGA hybrid. And, mm. um, now they've got warp 1260. The, you know, like the, they are really quick if it comes to, to constructing them and, uh, and building them up as well. And there's mm -hmm. one more thing. They've, they've recently, they've recently, Announced that they they will be working on warp forty sixty, so a warp card O sixty FPGA hybrid for Amigas three thousand and four thousand as well. 
Yeah, that's it's fantastic. Absolutely uh, unimaginable. So it looks it looks like a good strategy because they started off with the 500, which in relative terms is a much easier machine to develop for because you do, you can sort of, for want of a better term, you can just brute force the processor on it. Can't do that as such on the 1200. It's a little bit more complicated. And, you know, so once once they had it going on the 500, you can move on to the 1200 and the 3000, 4000. Yes, yeah, that's it's right. It's a nice stepping stone. And, but yeah, it's, it's great that they have this board going. Now, there's a lot, a lot of work to do in it because... Um, you know, at the moment, it's sort of it's barely running, but uh, you know, it's sort of a, it's at the stage now where it's basically firmware that needs to be done. It it, it looks great as well if you, if you see the photographs of it. But it's like like you're saying, it's got an FPGA on there, which uh, they're using to add a lot of cool features as well, like uh, like uh, an RTG graphics and sound card, Wi-Fi as well. Yeah, and a fast storage, so it's come by flash card slot. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be a hell of a card. Yeah, we'll see. Hell of a price tag as well, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, the one thing that worries me actually is, you know, like availability of O60 um, CPUs. Mm. That's yeah, going to exactly, be, you know, yeah. like a pretty difficult thing to get your hands on. And I'm I'm pretty sure the prices of O60s are going to skyrocket now. Absolutely, once there's a sudden surge in demand, because at the moment they're about 150 euros, maybe, uh, for yeah. a, for a chip. So that'll easily jump yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes then okay hollywood 8 add-ons have just been released hollywood 8 itself was released back in february but um just a couple of days ago they've released add-ons for cubic ide an updated player sdk updates and documentation and uh that announcement was made on amigaworld.net and you can go there and uh get the scoop on that Right. Um, if you like demo scenes, just like, for example, me, you'll find it pretty interesting. Amiga Life, um, actually, www.amigalife.org has released a series of, um, interviews with, uh, demo scene, um, people. It's a mixture of, you know, like, uh, interviews from the past, from the near past, and from present times. And I'm pretty sure the database of, uh, people being interviewed will grow in time. So, uh, if you like the demo scene, if you like reading about it, um, feel free to do it. There are some pretty interesting stories. Right, let's move on to the gaming section. 8-Bit Slicks is a part of our game from the PC world. Um, I remember a game from the early 90s or something like 93, 94, I think, uh, on a PC computer, and it was called um, Slicks. There is also a game on um, C64, you know, like the original game from 92, developed by Codemasters, and it was called Slicks. These are two different games. Both are very, very playable. The new one is pretty interesting as well. And apart from a C64 version, there are ports for other machines as well. Have a look on the website, 8bitslicks.com. Cool. Now, I mentioned this at the start of the show, and I'm, I'm very excited about this, but there's been a, a game called Bridge Strike in development for a while on the Amiga. And this is by the same guys who did Tanks Fury. If you remember, that game is very, very nice, sort of uh, single-screen multiplayer tank shooting game. It's, it's, it's very cool. This game now is a, a take on the River Raid kind of idea. So if you haven't played River Raid, it's um, vertical scrolling and you're you're flying a plane through some valleys, basically following a river up the screen and shooting bad guys and the usual stuff and collecting fuel along the way. It's that kind of thing. I played that to bits on, on my Atari, actually. It's, it's a great game uh, for, of the era. 
So this modern take on it, it's essentially the same idea, but um, with some lovely sort of cutesy forced perspective graphics. It's the same style as Tanks Furry. So uh, if, you, if you've seen that, you'll know, you know what to expect. But it looks brilliant. And um, that is due out very soon, possibly next month, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and uh, that is going to be available for uh, 11 euros which is uh, fantastic. So that's that'll, that'll be a download. There's also going to be a physical copy available. That's one to one definitely to look for. Shogo Mobile Armor Division. It's a first-person shooter game for Amiga OS 3 uh, with Warp OS and Amiga OS 4.1. It's the final edition. The port was created by Frank Menzel, who also created the ports of Gorky 17 and Descent Free Space. The game can be purchased as a digital download from Hyperion Entertainment now. Yeah, I, sh- I should just point out that that's the same game that was released about 20 years ago, but it's now available as a digital download. So it wasn't actually available except on CD until now. Yeah. So if you, if you have it already, don't worry about it. But at the time, it was one of the few games that was PowerPC only. It needed a colossal machine in Amiga, in Amiga terms to run it. And I never played it at the time. So uh, I'll have to, I'll have to give that a look now on my machine. Okay. Thanks for the correction, Rob. That's why you're here. It's not, not even a correction. It's just don't want to disappoint people who kind of go, Oh, maybe it's a sequel. The OS 4.1 version is like it's it's a new compile. The previous version I think worked on 4.1, but now it's a 4.1 native as well as the uh, downloadable version. Right, another game for C64 this time called The Wild Wood. Um, not a lot of things or not a lot of uh, information has been released about this game apart from the fact that the graphics actually looks absolutely magnificent and astonishing. I don't know who does the graphics, but uh, it looks absolutely brilliant. Therefore, I thought like I'm just going to, you know, like mention this. If you go to www.indieretronews.com, you'll find the screenshots are there, the previews are there, and uh, for C64 it looks absolutely brilliant. Fans of Beneath the Steel Sky might be interested to hear that there's been a sequel announced. So this is 25 years after the original. Unfortunately, it's not for the Amiga platforms, but interesting nonetheless, because it's the same guys behind it, and they've tried to keep the same atmosphere and the same world, but they've made it into a a sort of a, a more modern style 3D adventure game. So if you remember Beneath the Steel, or Beneath the Steel Sky on the Amiga, it was fantastic. Uh, it's a very atmospheric point and click adventure, really, a really nice world, dystopian future kind of world. It's, it was really cool, really nice story. Characters are great. So it's, 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 it's one to keep an eye on if you've, if, if you're a fan of that. Have you been playing any games uh, in the last month, guys? Yourselves? Well, I did, I did have a couple of people over there a while ago and ended up playing some, um, Played some Alien Breed Terror Assault because I'd never really played it and decided, oh, got someone around. Let's, let's give this a go. Didn't go particularly well, but it was fun all the same. To be honest, um, the, 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 the only game that I've recently played, uh, was, uh, Wipeout 2049 on my PlayStation. Massive, massive fan of Wipeout. Me too. Uh, it's fantastic. Can't compare anything to Wipeout. It's just got that style. Absolutely. There is Wipeout 2097 for the Amiga. Yeah, there is. There is. Have it here. Works very well on MorphOS, I think. Works yeah. pretty all right on PowerPC Amigas and OS4 as well. I got a recommendation a good while back from um, Seamus on the on the Facebook group. A, a game called Exit. It was published by Psygnosis and it's a puzzle game. Mm. And um, oh, it's very good. It's, it's tough. Like it's harder than say like another puzzle game I really enjoy. And I'm kind of switching back and forth between them is uh, Pushover. Pushover is great. By Ocean. <laughs> and um, 
it's great this one is a bit steeper it's a bit it is harsher but um it's really fun i'm really enjoying it so um yeah thanks james for the recommendation i'm about 40 or 50 levels <laughs> in um <laughs> And the funny thing is, I had to go and get and look at videos online for about the first 10 levels to figure out the way, you know, the way the game works and how it thinks and stuff, because I just couldn't get it. But then after that, um, I, I got the next kind of 40 on my own, and now I'm a bit stumped again. So I just switched back over to push over for a break, <laughs> and then I go back to exit. And I Yeah, it reminds you of a new uh, release of the, the, the game Worthy as well. It's a similar concept, I think. Uh, yeah. I know this one. I know Exit. Exit, yeah. Well, Exit is different to Worthy because there are no actual other characters or opponents. You're right. But uh, it is similar as well. It's a top-down puzzle. Both yeah. very good ones. Okay, let's move on to Discoveries. Uh, well, one of my discoveries this month is that iGame has been open source for some time and it's hosted on GitHub at the moment. So you can download the source code there and there's build instructions. And also hi to Emmanuel there, who's uh, based in Greece, who is the creator of iGame. Uh, it was nice to chat to you, Emmanuel. Uh, now, apologies for this, because it's yet another Atari mention. I seem to be uh, mentioning Atari a lot in this uh, this episode. Don't worry about it, Rob. It's nostalgia. <laughs> it's 8-bit Atari as well, which has the Amiga DNA in it, you know? As part of my repairs for these, this Atari 800 that I have, I came across a website in America that seems to have a lot of new old stock parts. And it's the most bizarre website. It looks like someone wrote it in Notepad in about 1993 and hasn't touched it since. So it's got all your flashy, flashing GIFs. It's got big, I know this big, big fonts all yeah. over the place. It's got horrible different colored words and it's all it needs is basically a marquee somewhere. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's a perfect shot of GeoCities nostalgia there. It's, um, but apparently it's still, the guy's still running it and it's still working. You can still email your orders in because there's no, you know, there's no forums or anything like that, but it does, it does have a page counter and a hit counter on it. So, uh, you know, it's up at a million hits now at this stage. Uh, definitely a blast from the past that, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it'll work on every Amiga browser out there. <laughs> I've, I've been visiting it. Um, yeah. And, um, they've got like really interesting stock if it comes to Atari, not only the, 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 the you know, like the small Atari, uh, XL, XE, but also ST, STE, and, the mm. uh, new old stock if it comes to Falcons as well. But apparently the guy bought up the, the Atari web or, uh, warehouse over there near him when, uh, when they went out of business. Oh, okay. Uh, well, and when they left the computer stuff. And, uh, so he just has pallets and pallets of, Custom chips, all the Atari custom chips. Cool. It's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, really good. But uh, yeah, bestelectronicsca.com. Worth a look for nostalgia, if nothing else. Right, apparently there's a new German podcast, Podcast Compot, and it covers uh, Amiga, C64, and other retro stuff. So if you're German-speaking, or you speak German... Why not have a look? It's http blog.retrocompot.de. Yeah, they've a cool thing on their website where as you listen through the through the MP3, it actually jumps down on the links to each section. So it's like a menu, you know, you've got this menu of each of this, uh, each of the items on the podcast. Interactive podcast. Exactly. So you can just say, maybe you just want to hear the, uh, a certain piece about a certain game. You can click on it and the MP3 will jump to that section. Interesting idea. Very good one. The discovery for me uh, this month also is I've been going through iGame to the unplayed uh, ones just to see what else is in there. And uh, something I came across in the S section is called Sextimates. And it's an Amiga game that quizzes you and teaches you about facts about sex education, basically. 
And um, <laughs> the surprising thing about this, <laughs> first of all, I learned more about about sex education uh, uh, about 15 minutes of playing that game than I did in school. Back <laughs> I in didn't the have 90s. a sex education you know? school back in the 90s, to be honest. No, we, we learned almost sex, nothing, yeah, yeah. like, you know. <laughs> it was surprisingly relevant even today. Um, it talks about the rates of transmissions for certain things like STIs, um, you know, how likely you are not to get it in certain conditions. Uh, workplace harassment is covered in their uh, statistics uh, and American legislation relating to um, abuse, factors leading to prostitution, all these kinds of, you know, very real uh, and very current things too with things like the Me Too movement. Um, I, I don't know how well the stats hold up today, uh, but there's some of them I am familiar with from current kind of events and stuff like that and listening to kind of feminist podcasts and stuff. And uh, some of those stats are correct, like the likelihood of where certain more likely to happen within the family or within your own community, for example, rather than somebody you don't know. And um, it's, it's very interesting. And to be honest, I think I'll probably end up doing this, uh, using this with my own... <laughs> here to teach it definitely not one of uh i've heard of but uh yeah interesting <laughs> thank you can i squeeze in one more discovery there's a book called best amiga tips and secrets by denny atkins and i really recommend it really no matter what you're um unless you're an absolute amiga expert uh you'll probably get something out of this and it's really good even for beginners um there's all kinds of helpful information like the one i'm looking at here is um Right, there's how to, you know, how to spruce up your, your workbench desktop, how to solve common problems. Like, you know, sometimes you double click on an application that says there's no uh, application to design, um, specify to hand, tell us how to handle this, tells you how to fix those problems. Um, you know, how to, uh, modify icons, which is fairly easy, but also how to modify icons like the RAM disk and keep it persistent after each boot with some clever tricks that use the startup sequence. Um, and it explains like things like set patch, you know, the way set patch needs to be at the beginning of the startup sequence and stuff like that and why that is. Uh, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. Another thing is, um, is all that I've just come across is how to, there are, you know, the secret messages in workbench, mm-hmm. uh, where you can hold down both shift keys, both alt keys, and then the F keys. You probably need a second, a friend to help you with that. But, um, there's all these great stuff in it that just open up the Amiga. So if you're one of the people I was talking to in Amiga Ireland who kind of says, you know, I never really, I never really got into that side of the Amiga. You know, I kind of wish mm. I did. This is the absolute easiest way in. Honestly, just read a page or two of it and you'll have something to tinker around with. These are just lovely little tips that you can uh, get in and start working on your Amiga. And it's really fun. Nice. Very nice. End of sermon. <laughs> OK, let's move on to the events. Amiga OS 4 Northeast Get Together is happening on June 14th to 16th in the Quality Inn and Suites Riverfront, Oswego, New York. All kinds of Amiga users are welcome, whether that's OS 4, Aros, Morphos or Classic. Jamie Kruger is going to show off AVD there. There'll be a surprise group trip, a hands-on questions and answers session, an all-you-can-eat barbecue and swimming, socialising and fun with your fellow Amigans. You can contact Aaron at AmigaOnTheLake.com and include your phone number and uh, he'll get in touch with you. The Scottish Amiga users are having another meetup. Uh, they're fairly irregular, irregularly scheduled, but you know, every three to four months we'll, we'll have one. Um, and so this one's happening on Sunday, the 28th of April from 12 until 6. Uh, that'll take place for, for anyone who happens to be nearby. It's in Glasgow. It's in uh, the hall of Pollockshaw's Church, which is right beside Crossmoof train station. Um, now we don't have a swimming pool or anything like that, but we are going to the pub afterwards. So we're going to do 
take a Scottish approach to this one. <laughs> yeah, fair play. I was going to talk about uh, part two of the survey results last month. Sorry, we talked about just these, you know, the the overall stats of the feedback, you know, whether people like things, didn't like things, what they wanted to change, what they wanted to see more of and less of. But there's actually been some comments sent back as well. And uh, I wanted to kind of go through those. But actually, I, d- I haven't really had time to properly sort them in a way that I can kind of go through them here properly. So we'll defer those for now. And that is the end of the event section. So um, good luck to everybody in Scotland. And also, um, hat tip to Sean Fitzgerald, by the way, I almost forgot to mention who told me about the OS4 uh, event happening over the States. Let's go on to Ask Amiga. Okay, uh, in the last little while, there have been a couple of 600s that I've got, Amiga 600s that I've uh, had to repair. And uh, I've heard of other people having similar similar faults as well. So basically, these are Amigas that are totally dead, uh, not starting up, black screen, no, no power activity as such, and uh, looking basically completely dead in a couple of cases for me and uh, and it seems like a few cases cropping up here and there on forums there's um it's it seems that there's a, a power short happening on uh that's that's related to one or two of the vias that are on the board so on 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 the this is going to be sort of really more of more in, of interest to people who are actually looking at repairing things themselves but on the board you've got a, near one of the uh capacitors that almost always leaks you've got a couple of vias they're little channels going through the board that carry power so one of them carries power to the Paula chip and one of them carries power to the um to the serial circuitry so there's a minus 12 volts and a plus 5 volt via and they're very close to ground connections and they're very close to this capacitor that leaks and what happens is the via gets corroded the corrosion conducts electricity and the and because it's so close to these ground connections they uh they end up shorting out and so you all of a sudden you start getting power you know essentially leaking through either to ground or to the minus 12 volt rail and that will shut down your power supply or cause glitches or or just stop the amiga from starting up altogether so it's 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 a weird one but it seems to be relatively common and purely down to how tight the that particular part of the board is on the 600 because it is actually a small board and unlike the 1200 which has a bigger space to work with it's the, the Amiga really only uses two layers so the power has to be rooted in amongst the 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 signals on the top and bottom of the board and it's just at these points it's a bit too close so once you start getting problems with that capacitor it's very very common for it to to cause shorts like that and it's uh it's some something to look for because you know it can damage traces uh you know you, you can get you can get traces burnt out and it's yeah it can end up leading to much bigger problems but the key thing here is that both of these vias that I'm talking about are hidden underneath other parts. So there's a resistor and a diode that completely hide that, all that's happening away from you. So the first thing you know about it is when the Amiga doesn't start up. So, um, it's, it's worth, it's worth checking that out. Um, you can check it on amigapcb.org and have a look at this. It's, it's very near the Paula chip. There's a 10 microfarad capacitor there and a one ohm resistor. And they, that there's a small, uh, diode there as well. And that's, that's, yeah, that's that's what it comes down to a lot of the time. And so, you know, now when I get a dead 600, it's the first thing I'll look at. So, um, yeah, interesting because it's uh, you wouldn't cross it as a design fault, but it's almost a product of the design that just the tracks are just so close together there. You know, it's only after the capacitors have leaked, and it just happens that this is one of the capacitors that almost always leaks. It's one of the first to go on the 600. 
Good to know. Good to know, especially for people who do actually the capacitors exchange. Yeah. But all that comes with experience, to be honest. Well, that's that's it because the first one of them took me hours to find. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> because because it, yeah, because it was um, it was shorting the five plus five volts to minus twelve volts, which is causing the power supply to shut down. But it doesn't show up as a short against ground because the ground wasn't involved. It was a straight seventeen mm-hmm. volt short. Mm-hmm. Riddle, so, um, riddle, and you've solved yeah, it exactly. But yeah, but now I know. <laughs> cool. But um, yeah, so now if 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 I'm ever recapping a 600 and that capacitor is leaked, I'll also take off the diode and the resistor and clean up underneath them because yeah. it's just it'll it'll happen eventually. Between the Amiga test kit and diagram, I'm hoping to you know get cracking. It's, it's so it's it's about eighteen twenty euros for a full set, you know, and that'll that'll cover the 500, 600, 1200, 4000, whatever. First thing, if it comes to 1200, it would be the capacitors. I'm pretty sure about that because they leak. It's the same story with mm. 600. They just absolutely, yeah. that's the, I think that's the main thing that happens to 1200 and 600s now. They leak, leaking capacitors. Yeah. They are the, the killers. That's it because they don't, they don't have a NICAD battery in them. So it's, it's, it's the capacitors. That yeah, does it. that's right. Let's move on to online activity. This month, the top tweet was the uh, actually our tweet about the Bambi Amiga interview with Darren Glenn. Also, we've had an email from Graham in Australia who listens to us during his three-hour oh, return commute. Uh, Graham, sorry we don't fill in for three hours. <laughs> it's torture. Yeah, yeah but wow. thanks for the um, really lovely email. And you're on a commute now. I, I take it listening to us, so um, best of <laughs> luck. Uh, our top Facebook post was an Amiga repair process by none other than Rob. <laughs> And uh, that's actually a really good post, Rob. Cheers. <laughs> it nicely goes through, you know, steps through the uh, the process, you know, of how you're kind of eliminating and testing out different things. It's really, uh, I think it's part of what inspired me actually to get cracking on this. There you go. Yeah, it's, it's, a few people have asked sort of, you know, just like what's involved and stuff like that. So I thought some people might find it interesting. That's good. Good to hear. And we've had some new members. David Bradley, Stuart Keith, Sebastian Rudnik and Grzegorz Duda. Hi, everybody. Welcome along. Yeah, we've nearly 400 members in the group mm-hmm. now. It's Congratulations, not... that's a massive achievement. <laughs> it is. Now, the important thing is to come to the event in January. <laughs> All of them? 400? 400. <laughs> no. Yeah, we'll find Grant. somewhere to put you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all from us. Until next time, music was by Virtual Dimensions and Banjo Guy Ali. The song we're going to play out with this month came second place at the Amiga Ireland 2019 mod competition, and it's called Square Funk. Bye, Ace Man. See you next month. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Hello? Hello? Hmm.